It's great to have you with us from wherever you're tuning in from. For more information about Elevate Church or to contact us, head to our website elevatechurch.me and take us wherever you go by downloading our Elevate Church AU app. We hope this message inspires and helps you to take your next steps in your journey. Mystery, the ghost, known as the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, and we are forever grateful that he is wholly present with us now. He is present in our hearts, and oh, that day when the Holy Spirit was poured, not just on a Moses or a David, or even a Jesus, but the Holy Spirit came upon all believers and the world has never been the same. One of the things I dreaded the most in primary school was reading in front of my peers. It was just the most terrifying and humiliating time at school. And so I don't know what they do now, but back then in the 60s, the teacher would just say, okay, class, we're going to read a chapter of a book and you're all going to read a paragraph each. And we'll start from the front row. Uh, Jenny, you'll start and we'll make all the way to the back row. I always sat in the back. Even at that age, I wanted to be hidden. I didn't want to be put on the spot. And if I could just hide behind Peter, most of the time, Miss Loxley or Mrs. Bishop could not see me. However, here I am, I'm about to read a paragraph. So my strategy was I counted how many kids before my paragraph and I realised, okay, it's the 24th paragraph. And I go to the 24th paragraph and I'll be just, oh, please, no big, okay, no big words, okay. I go over and over and over and over. Sometimes Susan, who is very good at reading, would read two paragraphs. So while the time it came to my paragraph, I, because of nerves and everything, I, I stuttered, I stumbled, I sometimes reread the same line. I could hear these kids and laugh, and I am just dying on the inside. By the time I graduated in year 12, failed miserably, which was my last taste of school life. I failed in uh, New South Wales, it's called the High School Certificate. And my conclusion at that time was, well, I'm obviously pretty dumb, I hate reading, I hate writing, and I hate public speaking. And so my ambition, and I'm not putting anything on anyone that may be doing this, but thought, I reckon the best job for me was to be a gardener. Just simply because you're outdoors, there is no public speaking, there is no, there's nothing really academic, you just got to be creative, you're out in the sun and you're just doing manual work. While I was doing that, I was going to youth group and our youth pastor, Churches of Christ in Sydney, said, hey Rob, I'd like you to give a youth talk, a youth devotion. 
Now, the initial was no, because that's what I've escaped that. I'm not doing that anymore. But I guess it was a different context. Maybe in the last couple of years, I changed. And, you know, my, after all, my father was a Church Christ pastor. My grandfather was Church Christ pastor. So you never know. Maybe there, there's something in, in genetics. So I remember giving this little devotion, terrified. You know, like the day or two before, I'm just going, oh, at least I could reread the notes, reread, reread. And anyhow, I gave my devotion. I have no idea to this day what I spoke on. But at the end, some young people went up to me and said, hey, Rob, that was, you really got a gift. You did really well. It really meant something to me. And I'm, really? And what surprised me even more was the youth pastor said, hey, Rob, can you do that again? That was really good. And so... For a few months, I, I kept giving these little devotional talks to the youth group. And then there was a time a visiting pastor was with our youth group. And I just so happened to be the, the day I gave my youth talk and I gave my talk. And afterwards, he said, hey, Rob, that, uh, you've got a gift. Have you ever thought of being a pastor? And that was the beginning of a journey where I began to pray about going to Bible College, Church of Christ Bible College in Sydney, which I did, and uh, became a pastor. And over about a 30-year period, I've worked out that I've preached over a thousand sermons, conducted over a hundred weddings and funerals, and Miss Loxley would not believe it, but I've actually written a book. Now, if any of my primary school teachers became aware of what I've done in, in the last 30 years that I, I preach and I conduct weddings and funerals and, and I'm a writer, they'll go, that is impossible. Nice kid, nice kid, but very limited in areas of speaking and writing. And the reason why for the last 30 years I've been doing what I'm doing, and I'm even doing it now, is because it's a spiritual gift. It, it's not a natural thing. It's, I'm not a natural leader. I'm not a natural communicator. But God sovereignly said, I'm going to pick this kid. And I'm sure the angel said, uh, God, um, Really? <laughs> you, you, you're going to pick Rob? Because that's what I was like. And God said, absolutely. It's a spiritual gift. Spiritual gifts are a God-given motivation and ability to effectively advance the purposes of God on the earth. It isn't just the ability, there's a motivation behind the ability. There is a passion and the ability that the Holy Spirit has given all believers in order that we may fulfill the purposes of God on the earth. Or another way of putting it, continue the ministry of Jesus on the earth. And so for the next 20 minutes... And 16 seconds, we are going to look at the person and work of the Holy Spirit in the context of spiritual gifts. The first part of the message is just going to be a shotgun approach. It's going to be bang, 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 bang. This is spiritual gifts 101. Most of what I'm preaching on 
comes from a letter that Paul wrote to a church in Corinth. So the first thing I want to make really clear to everyone here is you are decisively different. 1 Corinthians 12.4, now there are different kinds of spiritual gifts, but it's the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. This Holy Spirit, the third person of the triune God, he's not a power, he's not a force, he's not uh, this misty entity, he is a person the person who came upon Jesus at his baptism to empower him, this Holy Spirit has given different gifts to different people. Different is good. Growing up, especially, we wanted to fit in. We wanted to look the same and talk the same. And so we wore similar clothes and we talked a similar language. And it, it varies from city to city, from tribe to tribe. But there was this thing of, I want to fit in. I want to be like everyone else. The good news is we were born again, not clone again. We are all so different. And the one Holy Spirit has given us different spiritual gifts. And so we celebrate at Elevate, we celebrate diversity. Different is good. Our backgrounds, our personalities, our viewpoints, everything about it is different, but the one Holy Spirit, there is a spirit of unity in this place. And even with a single gift like teaching, there is a diversity of ways, depending on your personality and background, the way you may express that gift. So as a teacher, you may teach by speaking. You can speak how I'm speaking now. You might be a lecturer. You might be a, 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 a teacher in a school or a college, or you might speak in and through a podcast. You might be a writer, you might write a book, or you might write a blog. A blog, blog. You might say, oh, every now and then it comes back. But, um, but I can now laugh about it, I'm not embarrassed. But there are different ways of speaking and writing, but then there's still more diversity. There are different teachers that have a slight bent. Some people teach from a pastoral perspective. Some have a prophetic perspective. Some like teaching... In a church context, others like going cross-cultural. Some love teaching children and young people. Some love teaching leaders. Some love teaching spiritual seekers. And places like Alpha, they thrive because they get to teach not church people. They get to teach people who are on a spiritual journey. You can teach in a gathering like this, you might teach one-on-one, -on -one. you might teach in a small group. Some teachers teach at conferences. We're all different. Different is good. You are exceptionally gifted. And certainly growing up, I thought I was one of these kids that were overlooked. Not good at school, average at sport, socially awkward, introvert, but when we are filled with Holy Spirit, we are all exceptionally gifted. 
1 Corinthians 12, 7, a spiritual gift or spiritual gifts are given to each of us as a means of helping the entire church. No exceptions. If you are a follower of Jesus, you, have, you are filled with Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit has given you gifts, not to keep, but to help the church grow and impact our city. Now, I don't know how big this church is. Let's just, I just like round numbers. Say Elevate is a church of 100. And someone asks you, so what's the size of the ministry team? You would say 100. Every member is a minister, an able minister of the gospel. We are gifted. Notice the word gift. We haven't been given a reward. It's not something we earned. My gift to preach is not because I just worked hard and went to uh, you know, all these courses on public speaking. No, it's a gift. In other words, whatever gifts we have, there is no place for parading our gifts. So no one could go, hey, I've got the gift of prophecy. I prophesy. I hear the voice of God and I declare the utterances and the voice of God. I have this extraordinary gift. What's your gift? I've got the gift of helps. Oh, that's so cute. The gift of helps. I'm a prophet. You've got the gift of helps. I can tell you this, if everyone with the gift of helps and serving in the church worldwide went on a strike for a week, we would be in trouble. All of the gifts are equal in the sight of God and should be seen as equal in the body of Christ. You are undeniably responsible 1 Corinthians 12, 26, if one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. The way I want to bring this into the gift, you know, the context of spiritual gifts is we can't say, so when is a church going to reach lost people? Why isn't the church caring for the poor? Why doesn't the pastor visit me? Why doesn't the pastor encourage me? We are the church. It's not about this one person is there to meet our needs. We are together responsible for impacting our city. We are all responsible for the plight of the poor and the marginalised. Ministry is done by the people for the people, we are all responsible to serve. We're all responsible to protect the unity of the church. We're all responsible for the maturity of the church and the growth of the church. We together are all responsible. You are intrinsically valuable. 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ and each part of it. Think about that. Not just we're part of Elevate, 
but we're part of the church in this city, this nation. We're part of the church universal. We are part of the church that is visible, but we're also part of this mystical, invisible church that only God can see. And maybe the demonic realm can see actually how big and frightening the body of Christ is, and we are part of it. We're not an add-on. We're not, oh, yeah, he'll do. We are all valuable. We all contribute. But we're valuable not because we're gifted. We are valuable because we are loved. And because we are loved and God loves the world, he says, I'm going to give you spiritual gifts to manifest my love to the world. And so when we start encouraging, when we start serving, it is God manifesting his love through us, the church, to the world. And we say to the world, you too are loved and valuable. So that's just a bit of bang, 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 just bullet points on spiritual gifts. But for some of us, the question is, the big question is, well, how, how do I know what my gifts are? How do I develop those gifts? Because when I got the preaching gift, it wasn't like I just suddenly, oh, wow, I can preach. I, I realized it was a sovereign gift of God, but I went to theological college. I, I learned from my mistakes. I, I receive feedback from people. I watch other preachers. I'm always learning, constantly learning. So how do we develop our spiritual gifts? Number one, be informed. 1 Corinthians 12.1, now concerning spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be uninformed. See, it's really hard to function well if we're uninformed. In Evid Ozkik, a coach just randomly said to a kid, hey, you're in the full forward, go for it. And the kid said, where's the full forward? It's us there in front of the goals. So, so, so what do I do? Oh, okay. So what, what you do, you, you've got to make a lead. You've got to try and when, when the ball's coming towards your goal, you've got to run towards the ball and you're going to have a defender. He's going to try and get the ball, but it's going to be this competition. It's going to be lots of fun. And you start explaining and it's like, oh, okay. I'm now informed and it's all fun. Um, I can function. So here's his church in Corinth filled with all these spiritual gifts, but people didn't know what they were, how to work. And so Paul had to write a letter saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. I don't want you to be uninformed. Secondly, be connected. The human body, 1 Corinthians 12, 12, the human body has many parts. The many parts make up one body. So it is with the body of Christ. Spiritual gifts don't do so well in isolation. It's really hard if you've got the gift of encouragement. Um, well, Rob, you're just an amazing guy. Wow, thank you. It, it doesn't work that way. It works really well when we are connected to the local church and, and other Christians in our, in our city, at work, wherever it is. And, and that's the place we express our gifts, but it's a place we receive other gifts. And that's how the body grows, and that's how we grow. Be loving, 1 Corinthians 13, 2. If I the gift of prophecy, and if I knew all the mysteries of the future, knew everything about everything, but 
didn't love others, what good would it be? The motivation behind us exercising our gifts isn't about self-promotion, isn't about, oh, I'm so gifted. It's all about love. I'm prophecy because I want the love of God to be manifested. I'm expressing this gift. It's all about love. God is love. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Everything about the spiritual gifts is all about love. And the moment we operate out of something other than love, God is saying, I don't care how gifted you are. It's just nothing. It has no value. It's all about love. Now, be assertive. 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul says, Now eagerly desire spiritual gifts. Well, whatever my gifts are, it'll just happen. and it'll, it, Sometimes it does, but more often than not, we have to take the initiative. Now, if we can, we're just going to put a list up. I don't think in any way it's exhaustive, but they're just some of the gifts that you find in the Bible. And I just want to ask you, are there any there that you go, ooh, that's intriguing? So you might think, oh, service. Oh, I never knew that was a spiritual gift. That's interesting. Or interpreting tongues. That just sounds gross. Ah, uh, well, maybe uh, that's not your gift. So there's just, uh, there are just some random gifts up there. There, there are others um, that aren't found as lists, but there are certainly others. Um, there is the gift of martyrdom, which you get to use once. Uh, there are some who have the gift of celibacy, like the Apostle Paul, we believe, certainly Jesus. Um, there are other gifts, but they're, they're probably the main ones you're going to find in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, and Ephesians chapter 4. So just have a look and just see, just curiosity. Oh, you, what, what gift and gifts do you just sort of move towards? Another way is just get feedback. Maybe if you don't know, just ask someone, hey, Rob talked about spiritual gifts. I sort of heard it before, but I didn't realise we're all got gifts. What, what do you think my gift is? And you'll probably find... People go, oh, it's so obvious. You think, I, I honestly don't know. Oh, you've got the gift of this. You've got the gift of that. Sometimes that's a good way. Here's another question. What breaks your heart? And, you know, you, know, you, you can drive through a sea, the, our city and see homeless people. You can see the news about some famine overseas. And, and we all get impacted, but some of us go beyond impacted. We feel so deeply that there's a stirring on the inside. We are broken and we feel compelled to do something about it. You, you might have the gift of mercy because we all feel the pain, but we don't all feel compelled to do something about it. What causes you frustration? You know, there's all sorts of things, but some might, you know, come along to, you know, a church, a not-for-profit, and all these amazing gifted people, great stuff's happening, but they notice communication's not really good, and people don't really know what they're doing, and there's no policy, and the whole health, safety, child-safe thing's not taken seriously, and it's really frustrating. You might have the gift of administration. 
But then the last thing to ask is, what do you love doing? Do you love studying the word? And as you study, it's like, oh, I've just got to share this with people. You might have the gift of teaching. Do you give beyond you know, the normal sort of giving to the local church? It's just, I've just got to give more. 10%? Huh? I, I want to give 20%. I just want to give. I want to make more money so I can give more money away. You might have the gift of generosity. Do you feel motivated to um, inspire people and, and uh, release them to be their very best and, you know, projects? And well, You might have the gift of leadership. We can't dictate the way God distributes his gifts and who he gives his gifts to. So let me close by sharing not how I got the gift of preaching, but there are a couple of other gifts that I've received. Not that I, they're all used on a regular basis, but they're more what we would call the supernatural gifts. Others would just call them the weird gifts. But in the late 80s, I went to a conference. I'm a Church Christ pastor at Warwick, and I went to a conference by a guy called John Wimber and a few people from the vineyard. And at first, I was surprised there were a couple of thousand people there. It was huge. The worship, absolutely brilliant. Andrew, you would have loved it, you know, very intimate, and songs I've never heard before, and just this very gentle. Some people started singing in the spirit, and I thought, Sounds good, but that's really weird. Anyhow, then there was really great teaching. I love teaching. But then there were noises during the teaching of people manifesting. I thought, well, that's, that's not very orderly and very weird. But the beauty of that first part of the conference is I was a spectator. But as part of the conference, you had to do a workshop and you had a choice of three. Evangelism, demonization or spiritual gifts. Demonization, no way, because a year before that I got beaten by a guy who was manifesting. My friend's nose was broken, my teeth was broken, and the guy had me on the ground with a razor blade saying, say Satan is king, and I said no. Long story short, he ended up repenting. So not going back there again. Spiritual gifts involve tongues, weird words of knowledge, prophecy, no way, so I'll do evangelism, even though I'm probably going to feel really guilty. Evangelism was full. So I went to spiritual gifts. So the first session was on words of knowledge where God gives us certain words and they're often used for to release healing because you might have a word, oh, there's someone here with it's your left shoulder, this has happened, da-da-da. So the guy did some great teaching and then he asked us to get involved, start giving words. And so, oh, I've got this word, this word, this word, this word. And then a guy in front of me said, I see, and because of children present, I won't, used the proper word, but he said, I see a male part, genital. What? Now, the guy, the teaching, he, he just said, is there anything in particular? And he said, no, I just see it. And I go, oh, these guys are just... And at the end, there are about... Um, 50 people who had words for them, and they all went to the front and said, okay, guys, this is ministry time. Go and pick a person and pray using the Wimber model for healing. So I went up to this guy who I knew. He was a church cross pastor. Oh, man, I'm really strange. Yeah. How can I pray for you? And he goes, oh, Rob, um, uh, i got issues in my marriage. 
And I think, oh, this sounds more like counselling. He says, yeah, I haven't been able to maintain an erection for several months. Oh, no, he's the guy with the word. <sighs> now, in the model of praying, you've got to, you pray, but then you've got to ask, is there any change? Um, is there any heat, tingling? Where appropriate, um, you can lay your hands. N- no, on all accounts. So I just prayed the most pathetic prayer, God, fix it. And I left. Then the next day was the gift of tongues. I'm still recovering from the guy. And so guy, again, he did all of the teaching. And he said, if you want the gift of tongues, start. So he got all the people with the gift of tongues to stop doing the thing. And then he said, basically, if you ask the father for bread, he's not going to give you a stone. Never heard it used in that. And so when he said, let's just start doing it. And so I'm going, oh, I'm still getting over the guy. I'm, I'm, I'm curious, has anything happened? But there was something in me, despite my conservativeness, there's got to be more. And then all of a sudden, and it started speaking in this language I've never learnt and I started singing and then I realised I could think in tongues I could hum in tongues and I've been operating that gift ever since all I want to share in the most humorous Awkward moment is God can do what he wants, when he wants, how he wants. The gifts are there to build the church and to impact the kingdom. And forgive me for perhaps leading you astray temporarily. Amen. We really hope you've got a lot out of this message. If you live in the Perth area, we'd love for you to join one of our live experiences. For times and directions, as well as information, head to our website, elevatechurch.me. For those of you beyond the Perth area, we'd love for you to connect with our online experience, which premieres every Sunday via YouTube and Facebook Live, and on demand immediately after. And to partner with us to reach more people by giving financially, head to our website, elevatechurch.me and also download our Elevate Church AU app.